it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. How's it going, Lisa Cordoff? So excited to speak to you. When we first when we first came on, it was like ah! <laughs> just wanting to jump up and down like through the screen and actually hug you in real life. Yeah, and that's a normal thing, you know. We get excited to see each other. It's been a little while since we've been face to face. It's like it's just good to be reconnected again. So good to see you. I know. Uh, I mean, we spent a year together in James's Inner Circle Mastermind, and I love that we've stayed connected since mm. then. But, you know, there's just never enough Emily in my life. And, and likewise. <laughs> well, you know, we need to do something about that. Uh, but we, when I was thinking of, of podcasts, interviewees, you know, people to have cool conversations with, because this, this new podcast is all about personal power. And my hope is that when people listen to episodes, that they kind of walk away with something that, um, that takes them a little bit further, you know, gives them something to, to think about. And, and I'm always thinking about where my amazing community are at, and, and conversations that I get to have with people like you, I want to share with them because you have been an amazing, uh, I guess, guide, teacher, uh, introduction. I, I don't even really know. Like the way that you explain spirituality in a really grounded way, the way that you use it in your business, in your life, as well as being really freaking human and, you know, just going through all the things that we go through, you know, you've got two young kids and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, but for me, you've really helped give me language around some things. And I, and I watch you online and I see how you're, you use your particular skills, but your idea is that everyone can use these mm. particular skills that this is not something that is like hey I'm Emily and I'm an intuitive something or other blah 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 <laughs> it's like you are let's do this let's all <laughs> tap into this thing together right it, that's kind totally. of like yeah. yeah and um, I've had some amazing experiences with you you know with you running some guided meditations and things like that and having really big moments on the back of them. And so I thought today we could have a conversation about intuition and, and about this whole concept of being a medium or getting messages like, you know, what the hell is going on here? Because, uh, you know, my world has dramatically changed and, and I feel like I've got a sense of what these things mean now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that in my community, a lot of people are like, if it's not the voice in my head, that's not intuition. And like, I kind of I thought I've been trusting my gut, but that's not intuition. Like what the hell is intuition? What the hell is it? So Can you I just, like, really, tell us what it is. Yeah. Like? Yeah. I, I would love to, I would love nothing but to do that. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And the biggest 
And also, thank you for the intro. That was so sweet of you. I really, I really love you. You're amazing. That. I t- t- talk about you all day long. Just you're, the, you're just, you're too sweet. So, um, <laughs> so the, the question that I get asked most frequently is how do I tell the difference between my own voice in my head and my thoughts and what's my intuition? So what's mm-hmm. the difference? How do I tell it? And, um, <clears throat> it's a great question and it's, it, it's worth looking at. So, uh, and I will back up by saying I didn't feel like I was born with the gift. Like it was not something that I felt like I was just like, I walked into and I started just like seeing dead people everywhere. Um, I very much, it's been a muscle that I've been strengthening my whole life. Mm. And I actually, you know, with the training I have, with all the books I've read, with the people I've connected with, with with how much I've developed my intuition, looking back at my childhood, I can see the things that I used to say, the things I picked up on. And those things were dismissed and looked at like, no, 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 that's not there. No, you didn't. That's not true. And so Mm. I actually got programmed out of it, just like everyone listening. Everyone Mm. listening was born with intuitive abilities and somewhere down the line or every step down the path, it was muted or told that's not true or you kind of have to dismiss it to fit in. And I'm kind of here to say, actually, you're born, everyone's born with it and we can develop it. And there's probably some things that you've already been picking up on, that have already been doing that you're not even giving yourself credit for. Mm-hmm. So Um, so the way, so also my intuition shows up in very different ways as, as yours would too. We all are different people. We're all unique snowflakes. So we all interpret things differently. And that's really all we are doing as intuitives. We're just interpreting messages. So, um, the question, how do you tell the difference between the voice in your own head, like your thoughts and what's your intuition. So I kind of always thought that my intuition or like my guidance, we're going to, we're going to sound like Gandalf or like some <laughs> like really holy, amazing, profound voice. <laughs> and I was waiting for that and it just never happened. I'm like, well, when is that intuition going to kick in? It's just not happening. It just sounds like my own voice in my head, except like a nicer version of me in the most loving capacity. And just so it's like a cheerleader and an encourager. And like this, this voice that's like, you got this, Emily, you're here to do something. And it's like, really? Are you sure? Little me, I don't believe that. And so that second voice is our ego. Who am I? I'm not good enough, that imposter syndrome, like there's somebody else who's already doing it and they're so much better than I am. And all those fears that come flooding and rushing back in after that sweet, loving voice. Well, that sweet, loving voice is your intuition. That's the one that's always going to be encouraging you, rooting for you, telling you that you're here to be somebody, here to help more people. And that second one is usually the ego and the one that's trying to keep you safe and keep you small. You know, I feel like uh, that's such a beautiful and like simple description. And I would say that there's potentially women out there going, well, my intuition is dead because I can't even remember the last time I said something kind to myself or I felt like I had this. So what's with that? That is, so think of, um, 
what is that story? It's like um, a Native American story. It was like, I'm going to do such a terrible job paraphrasing this. And I apologize for people who know the story really well. Um, there's this Native American story and there's this man and he's talking to this young boy. And um, the boy says, there's, you know, this like, angry voice in my head and I want to, it makes me want to do angry things. And there's a nice one. And the man explains, it's like, there's two wolves living inside of each person. There's the wolf that has that like anger and the hostility. And then there's a wolf that's got all those loving thoughts and they're always fighting. And the boy says, well, who wins? And he says, the one that you feed. Hmm. And so that's what we have to always look at. Which one are we feeding? Which one are we giving that cue to? So the ego actually is not bad. I want to just like represent for the ego. The ego is not bad. (laughs) The ego is literally just there to show us that we are not that. Mm. And the more that we do the quiet, the inner work, the introspection, knowing that I'm the thinker of these thoughts and I can choose different thoughts. I'm the feeler of my feelings and actually take that breath and give that pause and take that space and actually look at like, wow, those are some heavy thoughts I'm having. Those are some serious feelings I'm feeling. Okay. And then just take a pause, take a beat and realize that I am not those things. Who I am, who I, the capital like I am. Mm. Underneath all that, I'm unchanging, I'm pure, blissful, free forever. And nothing added to me would make me any greater, nothing taken away would make me any less. I am pure, free forever. That is who I am. This human experience I'm having is kind of bullshit. I'm really pissed off right now and I'm really angry. I'm really sad. And that thing happened to me and that person's a jerk. That is not who I am. That's just your human experience. So the more that we can give ourselves that space, the more we can acknowledge that. And just like Lisa said, just like you said, is like, I am still living a human existence as well. I don't live on a, like a lily pad in like pure ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Like my kids, my kids still have tantrums and I still have to deal with that stuff. So like it's, it's, I love this. I, I, I mean, just the words that you were using them were just so beautiful. And I feel like this whole year, or maybe for the last few years, it's I've felt like almost as I've gone down this path and learned more about, you know, our energy body and and the difference between, like, you know, taking on a human form for this lifetime and evolution and all that sort of stuff. It's actually been less about learning how it all works and more about remembering. It's yeah. just like, that just makes, it just all makes so much sense to me. So the words that you're saying, it's just like, oh yeah, of course. Right. But like, and, and that's what I love about being on this path because it gets us closer to knowing like who we are and what for you, can you explain how you, just cause now we're here. So let's just go here. Uh, cause now, I mean, even the word, word alignment feels different to me because mm. it's not like aligned with, uh, for me, what I think of that now is, and I'm, people can't see me with my hands right out around my body right now but it's like I'll be um, the narrator she's got her hands over her head and they're now next to her body 
but it's it's like there is this bigger, huger energy being, and and I'm existing in three D form in this lifetime in this body of Lisa Cordaff, right? Yeah. Uh, and and when I feel aligned, when I feel in flow, I feel like this human form is is serving. It's 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 in alignment with that higher version of me, that energy sort of light version of me and that is my only job is to Mm. to recognize when I'm in that and I think intuition helps me like when I hear that and respond to that voice I it feels easy everything feels easier it feels like I'm on a fast train to somewhere do you know what I mean yeah so so that's how I'm now as crazy as this might sound to some people listening to the podcast uh that's how I understand more and more of who I am. So it's not all of these little bits and pieces that get in the way of me, you know, enjoying a day. It's like, it's just, it seems so, well, mm. I don't know. I could sit in that and I could worry about that. And we do because we're humans and that's our human existence. But um, it's also my choice to stay in that or to start to shift out of that. Yeah. So how would you explain who you are? Okay. Such a big question. And I've taken some notes as you were talking, some information was kind of coming through. So, uh, and what I mean by Emily, every time I talk to Emily, (laughs) something's coming through. Tell me me all the things, Emily. Everyone wants to hear all the things right now. Um, So one of the things that was coming through, I'm hearing myself and I'm like, like, I wish that like, I want like all my friends to get together, like do impressions of me right now. It's coming. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) So one of the things that I want to just point to are our children, right? So our children Mm -hmm. are actually our teachers. We think that we're like the, the knowing powerful beings that are teaching the children. It's the other way around. 100%. And you can feel that. Like, as I said, you can feel that. Look at the lessons that they teach us about control. Like, okay, anybody try to get pregnant? Have you ever tried? Like, give me a freaking break, right? Like, that's a joke. It's a silly, silly joke. (laughs) (laughs) You think you can try to get pregnant? Joke's on you. First lesson of child being a mother is you have no control over that, okay? Then you want to Okay, how's your pregnancy? You've had three kids, Lisa. All of them exactly as you predicted and how you wanted to control them to be, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. And then the birth experience. How's your birth story going to look, right? Everything completely 100% out of your control. And from that moment forward, reminder after reminder, <laughs> we are not in control. <laughs> oh, not zero. I always feel really like the control freaks of the world, the self-proclaimed control freaks of the world find motherhood really hard, Yeah, harder than because they want to be able to. Yeah, they think I'll just read the books and then I'll have the baby and then we'll all have a happy life. Yeah. Right. Look at those cute outfits. That's what I want. I want something to fill that cute outfit in my life, except they also don't sleep and they kind of don't <laughs> breastfeed that great. And then they, you know, throw up and whatever everywhere. So this is my, my point is, is that children show us about how to be present in this moment, mm. how to just be in their body, 
how to be in their feelings, how to be in this thing. And they're also just fully eyes wide open and absorbing and learning so much. They are so sensitive. They're so, they like, they get it. You see how they interact with animals, they interact with plants and nature. They are so here. And then the older that they get and the more used to as adults and like societal norms they get, they kind of get like, you know, it shifts, it changes. They want to fit in. But that's, that's also with development. But what if we go before that, before that they were children? And like, you guys, let's like sit down. We're going on a little ride. Um, because it's my belief and from the work that I've been doing for the last, well, my whole life, but the last professionally for the last 20 years is actually before we choose to come into a life as a human form, we are in this space that I'll just call heaven for, you know, just a, a term that I think people are more mostly comfortable with. In heaven, we are with all these souls, and I call them soulmates. We've we are all these friends who are in heaven together, and our soul. It's like actually somebody today, one of my clients said, "Well, what is the point of a soul then?" Like that's a big question. But well, anyway, yeah, 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 I know. I'm like, let's sit with that. Let me sit with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but our soul cannot evolve without the human experience to come through. Mm. So. It's there. So guidance is showing me a picture of a foot going into a shoe, which is kind of an interesting analogy that they're showing me. But your soul is looking to evolve. And one of the ways that your soul is evolving is going into human form. So before we just slip into that human form, we actually choose our life's path. We choose our parents so like for some people, that's the first time they've ever heard anybody say this. You choose your parents for the lessons that they're teaching you. Good, bad, and different, all that. Um, then you also choose your life circumstances, your relationships, your jobs, the hurdles, the obstacles, the trauma, the abuse, the bad stuff, the good stuff. And we're not doing this on a conscious level. So people are like, I would never choose this life. <laughs> no, no, I get that. No, 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 I get that. And I'm agreeing with you. We wouldn't consciously choose that. But from our soul to get, an, to get, for our soul to evolve, so then we can help other people conquer those problems. So we can be there to shine that light. So we can be there to be an advocate. So we can be there to help other people so they don't have to be living that life in that circumstance. So we can help people go faster. That's why we choose those lessons. So if we are, and this is where the work really shows up, is that if we are that co-creator of our life, the co-creator of our reality, the co-creator of our circumstances, of every single thing that's happening in our life, we actually wrote it all down already. It's already been done. But as a human, we still have free will. So if you put on your GPS, like, take me to Lisa's house, my, my, my GPS is going to give me maybe three different routes. It's going to still get me from point A to point B. So you so, end up having the experience you were meant to have, but it just depends on, like, we can, we get to choose because. Yeah. Yeah. At, is this like the, uh, the analogy of the, someone tapping you on the shoulder saying, Hey, Hey, not down that way. And mm -hmm. then, and then a slap on the face to be like, Hey, no, I'm really saying not down that way. And then like the Mack truck, like running mm -hmm. you over going, not that way. 
Yeah. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Like that we get these, um, that we, if we're not listening to that tap on the shoulder, which is probably our intuition, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That, that there'll be some way that the universe finds to kind of get us on the path that we were meant to be on. Is that what you? There's, you're never off the path. Oh, that's the oh, biggest a little mic drop moment. Yeah. You're never, that's the thing is people frequently ask me, am I on the right path? Am I living my purpose? Am I doing the right things? What's my next right step? If you woke up today with a pulse, you're on the path. Okay. We're all living our purpose based on what our life path is. And we can so easily point our finger outward and go, but what's Lisa doing? Lisa is doing this, this, and this, and I want to be doing that. And now I'm not living my purpose because I see what she's doing and I'm not living my purpose. Well, maybe that's on your path, but that's not today. Mm. Your path looks like this and maybe that's on your path at some point, but it's just not today. The only place that you need to look is inward because you're unique path is your unique path. And it's great to have mentors. It's great to have people who we look up to, we aspire to be like them because then they can help us to really uh, bring that into our reality maybe a little bit sooner than if we were doing it on our own. But you're never off the path. There's never a wrong move. There's never a mistake, a bad choice, the wrong choice. People will stay in indecision for fear. And that fear that shows up that says, nope, and it shows you the scarier alternative, and it's never true. Our our minds are high, are hardwired for survive, survival, and so sometimes our brains will show us what doomsday looks like if we ever, God forbid, make the wrong choice. It's like, get the canned goods, get to safety. Everything is going to be turning into shit right now. Watch out. Mm. It's all, it's all going to collapse on you if you ever do that. And so we always think of the worst case scenario until we start to use our mindset the way you teach, which is like, what's the best case scenario? What kind of, what there's more than just the right or the wrong. What is all this gray? There's more than black and white. There's so many different alternatives. So our intuition is the one that starts to say, well, I actually believe in you. I think that you could do something great. And here's some other people who could probably help you. And look, this crazy synchronicity that just happened. So back to the conversation, because that went really deep, really fast. So that's- Wow, I mean, we are right there. We are in it. (laughs) So, 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 So our intuition, how we all receive messages is very different and unique. So for instance, there's, I'll kind of give like the textbook of, there's sort of four main- what they're called clairs, clairvoyance, which we've heard of as clairseeing. So I'm primarily clairvoyant. So I see things in, in images, pictures, movies. I will often close my eyes and get a clear message visually. And sometimes people who are really creative, they have a lot of inspiration. They'll see images or like maybe you're making a course or you're creating something and you can see it in your mind. Even if you're like making some food, you can see what it's going to look like in your mind. You're just like trying to replicate what's in your mind. Um, Clear audience is clear hearing. So you can hear, sometimes it's sounds of music. Sometimes it's whispers. Sometimes it's um, just like a quick little... Oh, make sure you get the umbrella today. Like little 
just, it sounds like your own voice. It might not sound off like Gandalf, but it's, it sounds like something like, oh, make sure you go, don't remember that thing. And it's like, all oh, right, thanks. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. an intuitive hit. Um, yeah. clairsentient. So this feeling in your body, and I'll give you a weird example. And I use the word weird because it's is kind of weird. So, um, sometimes it's just a feeling or emotionally, like you just have a, like this feeling in your body. So, um, this past weekend I had client, client calls, one-on-one calls, and I was having breakfast. And next thing I know, I had this like painful headache and my stomach started turning. I felt really nauseous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. But I didn't feel bad. Like I am actually really sick. I need to cancel my work. I was just feeling these weird things. And I didn't actually, it didn't even occur to me that it was somebody else's energy I was picking up on until mm-hmm. my second client call. And all of a sudden that pain in my head came back and I was like, oh my God, my, my head is like, whew, I have this like crazy stabbing, painful headache. And she goes, oh my gosh, I wake up every single day with a painful headache, knots in my stomach and nausea. And I'm like, oh, Whoa. that was your energy. <laughs> wow. So our bodies can actually pick up on that. And um, when I used to do massage therapy, Mm. people would come in, I could feel in my body, physical tightness, tingly pain sensations because of their body's energy was like putting it out. So some people, again, not everybody has all of these 100% heightened, but sometimes like one of these is stronger than the other. And the last one is claircognizance. So it's that knowing, like, I know, like, I know, like, I know. I don't know why I know, but I know. And so Mm. a lot of women have that, just like that knowing. Mm. So these are more tangible ways that you can start to see like, oh, well, how am I picking up on that stuff? Um, One of my clients today was saying that she... um, actually it was kind of a combination of knowing and that clairsentient. She was, um, she said she used to see, like she'd be going to the mall and she was growing up and she'd be like, I know I'm going to run into so-and-so. And she just would see them there. She's like, oh, I knew it. I knew I was going to see them. It was just for no reason, right? Like it's stupid. Not like it makes any difference. Um, but then she was on a cruise last week and her eye was like killing her and she was like having trouble with her eye. And she got a call from her caretaker and her kids who were at home, one of her kids got something stuck in their eye and they wouldn't open it at school and it was stuck no, in their eye. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it just, once you, okay. And so, okay. I love those. I've never actually heard those four descriptions before. And okay. I was listening going, okay. Yeah. So that's why when my children jump or something, or jump off something, I literally feel it in my body. Like I feel it through my, my legs. And I've always thought, why, why does my, why, why does that happen? And anyway, um, and lots of other things, the knowing thing, hundred percent, but then we talk ourselves out of the knowing. Yes. And, uh, and I have the voice too, definitely. That just sort of yeah. comes in. Like, it's not something that I was consciously thinking about. Uh, it just drops in as, yeah as something. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. I, I love it. I don't see pictures. That's not, that's definitely not, um, what happens for me. Yeah. But tell me, cause you did mention the word synchronicities, right? Yeah. And then you, you just mentioned, you know, some of that stuff does feel like, um, synchronous, like when you start to notice and tap into more of yourself and you're doing that kind of inner work, it can be kind of crazy. 
what ends yes. up, what you end up noticing. Very. And, it, and it can be like, you know, there's that whole thing of when you decide you want to buy a red Mazda car, you just see red Mazdas everywhere, but it's different to that. Yeah, it is. So what do you so, mean by synchronicities? A synchronicity. So I actually, there's, there's this point where you're right. Exactly what you just said is once you start to kind of awaken to this thing, you start to see little things kind of showing up everywhere, whether it's some people get into angel numbers, like seeing the same number in the sequence, um, or, you know, so one of the things with Claire audience is the sounds that sometimes you'll hear a song and it's like in your brain, like, oh my gosh, that's such a funny, why am I thinking of that song? I haven't heard it. You know, I'm just thinking of that song. That's another way of our angels of communicating with us, of like just putting a little, tuning in the like internal radio dial, like, here's one just for you or shut up. And um, (laughs) so, so the synchronicity. So the more that we are uh, open and awake and attuned, we can see how there's like what I would call quote coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. So I actually see as I'm the co-creator of my life, I'm creating these signs and symbols to kind of like put breadcrumbs. Like, you know, Hansel and Gretel, they're following the breadcrumbs to grandmother's house. This is exactly what we are doing every single day. And it's like, if I was to leave myself a little breadcrumb somewhere, what would it look like? You don't always know what it's going to look like. Um, So a synchronicity would be like... um, well, I was just telling you before we got on the call is that, you know, I'm open and sort of looking for what's my next step as far as like mentoring or a mastermind and somebody out of nowhere who I haven't, I don't talk to her regularly at any means, by any means, she reaches out to me. She's like, I don't know if you're looking for a mentor a mentor or a mastermind, but such and such is happening. I was just thinking of you, about you. It's like, oh, okay, great. Like, it's not weird. It's not crazy. It's normal for me because when you're in alignment, you're in that flow state, the universe starts to answer those questions that you've been posing. So that's something you had said before. I wrote that down, alignment. So you mentioned alignment. Yeah. So... Normal, normally we're kind of like not in alignment. We're pushing against the flow. Mm-hmm. And what alignment looks like is ease. It looks like those like, wow, that just was so simple and so easy and effortless. And I feel light and joyful and, um, I don't know, happy. And the time when you're out of alignment, things kind of feel like you're pushing a boulder up a hill. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of like back and forth and agonizing and indecision. And that's how you know you're out of alignment. So it's a simple kind of thing to notice, but most of the time we're sort of living at that out of alignment state where things are hard Hmm. because we believe that's what life is. It's just so. Okay. Then how how do you how do you help people get into alignment? Or like it's like give me the four step process to alignment right now, Emily. It's a, it's a pretty simple four step process. Um, I, I take a lot of time to notice the feelings that I'm feeling. So mm-hmm. if I'm feeling heavy, whether it's just like mentally, I feel mentally heavy. Mm. I feel that 
fatigue in my body. Like, oh, I just, oh, I don't feel great. I feel kind of icky, whether it's anxiety, because usually my body shows up as anxiety or depression. And mm-hmm. so if I start to feel heavy, tired, uh, depressed, sad, constricted, those feelings, if I'm feeling those feelings in my brain or in my, my body, that's my cue to stop what I'm doing and to take a break, to go outside, to get back into nature, to go back to my breath, to go back to joy. Where, where do I find joy? I find joy uh, sometimes with my kids. I find it with dancing. I find it with like watching stupid YouTube videos of cats falling into walls, uh, watching comedy <laughs> shows, like, you know, dancing, seeing friends and not seeing friends to com- complain, but seeing friends for like, mm. just like a good fun joy fix. So you can turn the switch on as much as you can turn it off. So it's switching your attention. And I I find it going out in nature and walking and getting fresh air and like grounding myself is actually entirely therapeutic. And sometimes it works instantaneously. The second I walk out the door, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And coming Mm. back into who I am. And I ask questions kind of to the universe without expecting an answer. Like, how does it get easier than this? And just kind of like allow whatever to show up to show up. How can I find more joy? How does it get more fun than this? Um, And I ask those questions intentionally, not waiting for an answer or reply, but rather for the kind of universe to surprise me and conspire towards creating something better. And I actually do believe that it's always this or something better. And it's not because I'm like an optimist. I just know that if I'm the co-creator of my life, then if something is not looking great in my life, it's because I put it there to learn a lesson. So I want to get that lesson. And I don't want to sit with the pain and agonize and like just be in that place for too, too long. I think I'm, um, I, I'm so with you on that. And I, I'm just literally just sitting here, just enjoying listening to you talk. But um, I feel like uh, moving through Nick's passing and all of that sort of stuff <clears throat> uh, and people are like, I mean, because there's been a lot of grief. Like, I can't, yes. I can't sidestep the grief. God, no. You know, moving through it. But, mm. um, but what gives me so much peace is knowing that um, that I chose him for this mm-hmm. lifetime. Like, we chose. I chose Absolutely. to dance with him in this lifetime, and he chose to dance with me. Yes. And for whatever that highest good for our soul's sort of evolution and expansion was and so I look at it I look at our marriage I look at him in my life with so much gratitude and I'm constantly seeking the lessons Mm. because that was the whole freaking point it wasn't easy it hasn't been like you know what I can remember as a kid thinking people used to call our family the Brady Bunch and because we were just like, like there was just no, it was total middle-class suburbia, you know, two parents, three children. And I, and I can remember having the thought like one day, like this is all going to blow up. Like mm. one day, like it can't be this good. 
Mm. You know, or like I can't be this kind of lucky. So there, you know, I went and, um, you know, ensured that that happened because uh, things did kind of um, blow up. Uh, yeah. I, but I never, I, I'm always grateful to myself for making the choices that I made. And I think people can really disempower themselves by feeling like all of this is happening to them instead of seeing how, where they're at right now is this is after a series of choices that that they've made. And, and so when we do start to get honest with ourselves, sit with ourselves, because that's really what a lot of the work has been for me is actually allowing myself to hear myself. I was yes. just your high functioning, um, keep busy blah, 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 type of person yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who could almost intellectualize what was going on and not feel or not yeah. what was going on. And that's been a huge, huge, big shift for me. Yeah. I, I feel, and I don't discredit my feelings and I don't discredit other people's feelings because you're human to feel. You're not here. Right. Like you, you feel, and we can't just like be like, not today feelings and stuff them down somewhere. You feel it. And it's, you can both you can both feel the feelings and also know I'm the feeler of these feelings. Correct. And it's interesting, especially because before, oh my God, we've covered a lot of ground uh, with, my, with my son who's nine and watching him and when he starts to get sad about his dad, he'll just kind of intensely look out to the distance and just focus on something and just desperately try to not lose it. So this is like the growing upness of him. Yeah. And, and so I'm having to find different ways to help him release, you know, through kinesiology and, you know, lots yeah. of all of that kind of thing um, and allowing him just the opportunity to talk about some stuff that, you know, well, is you relevant know. to him. But, but whereas the girls are still kind of like they're still very much open. Like they're feeling it, there'll be tears They'll need hugs, whereas, you know, I can see him trying to manage his feelings mm. and and horrifies me because I'm like, feel the feelings. But also it might not be his time to feel those feelings right now. Right. And that's yeah. also okay too. Like I think yeah. being okay with other people's experiences of life is also another big lesson. Yes. And especially as a mother too, it's like, oh my gosh, what if you don't, what if you don't feel the things? Are you going to turn into somebody like all the stories and the fear, right? All that. But also like, so here's the message I just wanted to come through again is, is we have contracts. We have soul contracts with one another. And so you and Nick have a soul contract you guys made it like, imagine you guys in heaven, like, you know, what we should do together. We should come in. We should learn these crazy things about each other and how we should be in the world and who we want to be as ourselves and then have some kids. And those kids will have contracts with those kids too. And those kids also had contracts with him and said, you know what, here's our contract that's, we're going to look like together. And this is what my life is going to look like too. They, we all have these different contracts and as easy it is to be like, oh my gosh, how terrible how sad for your children they're not going to have a father that's not true well i in my understanding they chose him they chose if they were meant to grow up with a dad with them then that's the experience that they'd be having in this lifetime right 
it doesn't make it any less doesn't painful or no. you know, but uh I do genuinely believe that if it was meant to be a different way it would have been it would have been it it couldn't have been it couldn't have been any other way and your kids get to know themselves in a different way and it doesn't mean that they're never going to have a father figure but their no. relationship their relationship but that's the other piece is that because when people p- cross over there we still have a relationship with them it's a different relationship than when they are in the flesh and in person to person but we always will have a relationship and that will never not exist well it's just so amazing because i was telling my son you know i was talking to dad last night you know, I just, just try to sort of normalize these things because I do have, uh, you know, yeah. I, I know how I to connect with him and, and that's been a beautiful thing for me. And, um, and, and, and I said, do you, uh, do you ever talk to dad? And he said, um, yeah, not at night time though. And I said, oh, when do you, when do you talk to him? And he said, well, like when I'm playing the PlayStation, because that's like his thing at the moment, and I'm playing Minecraft and I just, I don't know which way to go and I don't know what to do next and I'll just ask Dad. There you so go. In, so he's sitting there. Yeah. And, I mean, I I tried to, I, I cried because for me a dad is guidance and yes. maybe in this form that he's in right now, he can be the most pure kind of guidance for him. Mm. And, you know, my daughter said, Mama, Dad was at school today and mm. um, I played with him because, you know, Sophie was unhappy or, you know, whatever, you, like the, her little stuff. So she just calls on her dad. They, yeah. He appears in dreams for them and, you know, he's, he's, all, he's around. And I, mm. and I want to continue to foster that for, for them because I know without a shadow of a doubt he's trying to, he would be wanting to connect with them. Absolutely. And he is. And again, those aren't things that you taught your children how to do that. Like this is stuff they tell me. Right. Exactly. I'm not like, no, I, I, you know, sometimes I did tell them at the start, I'm like, if you want to, when you go to sleep, um, just before you go to sleep, ask to see dad, mm. just ask to see him. And, uh, that gave them a lot of peace. So I just kept saying it, but yeah. also kind of, you know, w- what I understand dreaming to be and all that kind of thing right now. It's, a, it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. That's the thing is, um, we can still have relationships with people who are our loved ones beyond the physical and exactly to your point, which is sometimes it's even deeper and it's instantaneous and it's wherever you are, anytime you call on them. And that's how it is with all of our uh, past loved ones, with our guardian angels, um, with ascended masters like Buddha and Jesus Christ. When we call on them, they are there. And it's not because like you called them at the right time of day when they had some time in their schedule. It's there. They are 100% there when you call on them. And the biggest misconception is that we are alone in this world by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just the thought. Is there somebody else there who could be supportive? Is there somebody there? I just wish there's just imagining a guardian angel there. And there's beautiful meditation 
(laughs) beautiful meditations that you can even just go through on yourself and just call on anybody, anything to help support whatever the situation is, just to take the pain, just to take the suffering. I used to pray um, to my guardian angels that I couldn't see or connect to or even have any knowing of and just say, could you please replace my depression with love instead? And just take these heavy thoughts, just take this pain from me today. And, and it lightened the load a little bit. And this is, again, this is coming from somebody who I've gone through some dark places and it's easy to just go right back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also realize um, I know that I'm here to do a lot of work with other people and to help a lot of people. And part of that is making sure that I'm taking really good care of myself so that I can serve all those people. And um, and sometimes that means taking a break for a little while, you know, after I'm doing a launch or after a retreat or after something and just kind of being quiet. I'm not going to be like, hey, everybody, I'm going to announce this. I'm going to have a tenant. I'm going to take a break and everybody's going <laughs> to, I just, I just take a break and I just go quiet. Yeah. And then I come back and I share like, you know what, this is an integration. What an integration is to me is silence. It's quiet. It's time Mm. with my family. It's time in my garden. It's space. It's not being on technology. It's not checking my emails. I just need to be me in whatever space I'm at and maybe having some lows and maybe having some highs and everywhere and in between and not, you know, showing up for anybody else other than me. And also not attaching to what those things might be meaning beyond mm. just having the experience. Yeah. I think that's another thing is mm. that we can create a lot of attachment around needing to have a particular experience or feel a particular way in a particular time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what um, is coming to my attention is, so like my mother is always like, how do you, how do you see all these things and how do you do this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I just practice. I, I get used to it. So the, the whole thing with intuition is that um, if I decided, if you're like, yeah, I want to be so intuitive. I want to get all the messages and have dead people talk to me. It's going to be amazing. Um, you really don't, you, you really don't mean that because if I just turn on the light switch and like, it was like a floodgate and it was drink, it's like drinking from a fire hose, it would blow out your system. You would be so overwhelmed. It would be too much to handle. And yeah. so what, we do for ourselves. It's a beautiful gift is we give it to ourselves in little drips and drabs. And so the more that you practice even just a one minute meditation in silence, deep breathing, relaxing yourself, that's it every single day. And sometimes that you add on like a few extra minutes and sometimes it's a little bit longer, but the more that we can actually sit in that space, we're actually strengthening our intuition. Wow. So that's how you would say, like if people are like, you know, I want to be able to trust this more. I want to be able to hear it more. Just meditate for a minute a day, just get yourself started and then, and practice being in that space. Yes. And, Mm. you know, I have, um, formal classes that I teach people how to, uh, actually go in a much deeper space. Mm. And I've had a hundred percent accuracy, like with like every single person in my classes, I've done these like dozens of times, every single one gets a message. Like this is not, you know, any magical thing. It's that we are all innately intuitive. And so Mm. when I teach you, okay, here's some ways that you can receive messages. You're already going, oh yeah, I kind of do this already. I kind of do that. And so I'm kind of giving you this broad um, platform and going, okay, let's see what you pick up on. 
and let's just see what shows up for you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that's a thing. And then it's, it's like, it feeds you're itself. Off. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I remember doing a, a, that meditation with you when we were in San Diego. I think it was San Diego when yeah. you did it for the inner circle and I was bawling my eyes out and the, it just came through so, so, so strong. Like it was just sit down, just sit down. And I think I actually recorded a podcast about that message that I got that in, it was just like, sit down now. This is enough you're going really hard, like just, you know, just sit down. And I was crying so much because I hadn't given myself the space for that to come through. And Mm. And the most important thing was that I had that moment to have that message come through and it really shifted things for me. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting too, because that specific, and I'd be happy to share that if you want to give that specific one to your audience as well. Um, that's, I think they that should was, all just go start following you. <laughs> Thank you. I'd be happy <laughs> to give them some stuff too, because it's like when, when I, I mean, I do this work all the time and I help people even online and virtually, and we can do this mm-hmm. over like Facebook live and I take people through these journeys and they are typing, I'm bawling my eyes out or they're sharing yeah. these messages and exactly what you share, which is, it's almost like a very simplistic, very straightforward message. But to you, and I remember that day when that happened, mm-hmm. it was deeply profound on multiple layers on multiple levels of sit down what that meant and to just take that space. And so that's what happens. It's like a simple message to anybody else's ears, but to you was like, Oh my gosh. It changed. It changed a lot for me. Mm. Mm. I'm so grateful to you. I could just like, we could just, this needs to be like a 14 part freaking, (laughs) we covered none of the questions that I had written down. But do you know what I thought? I'm like, you know what? When you're talking to someone like Emily, you just got to trust that it's going to go wherever it's going to go. And that some of this stuff is, we're going to sound like crackpots to some people. Like they're going to be like, these women, what the hell? What's happened to Lisa? Like come back to earth. But this is, you know, and, and people ask, like, you know, I think people are curious, um, when big things happen to people yeah. and they can see them sort of moving through them or maybe they didn't have the same experience, maybe something similar happened, but on the back side of it, um, things felt very different. And it's actually really hard for me to express on my own what my, this kind of, I guess, I call it like the remembering is doing for me and the peace that I can feel around um, even like even the separation at the start of the year and everything that's kind of gone down for Nick and for myself and for our children, there is a peacefulness that I can tap into anytime I want. Like I, I picture him free and flying and available also to us in his most pure form. And that, that brings me so much peace, but it's also a message that, you know, it's sort of hard to share um, because I, I just, I don't know, it's a new language for me. And it's also something that uh, I don't think people talk about spirituality all of that much. I think I'm still working out what I, what I know, what I believe 
you know, my own sort of, like, it's just a, it's just a constant work in progress. And I never want it to sound like, like, this is the way, this right. is how the, the, the earth is flat. <laughs> Believe me. Like, cause I'm just, I just, I think actually the more I, the more I learn, the more I realize I absolutely have no idea I what's going on. Way. I feel the like, same way. Yeah. Like every, every single thing that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then it's like, what else is it? And I think it's, as you said, if we were to actually really fully grasp what's going on here at the level, like, I mean, you know, I've been exposed to stuff and I'm like, what? Yeah. My brain, I literally can't cope with this. Right. There's so, there's so much. And I feel the same way as I'm always learning. There's always another level. I'm always expanding. There's, there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was one of the best gifts we could have given ourselves when we came into this lifetime is we forgot about where we came from and we're kind of picking up the pieces. Why else would we all be like, what's my purpose? Because we forgot, like that was our first like task, like forget everything and start from scratch. (laughs) Um, but I also want to kind of, if it's okay, reflect back to you at what a beautiful job I feel like you're doing of navigating such a tremendous loss and being a pillar of strength for your kids and being able to let them express their connection with their father, however that shows up for them and being wherever they're at and processing whatever they process and just holding that space for them and also feeling what you feel. You know, we can't, rush through loss and no matter who it's happened to, no matter if it's expected or surprised, it's hard. It's freaking it hard. It's, it's been, oh, I can't even, like, I still am processing. So I still don't really have full words um, for it. Thank you for saying that. But I think it's, I've said it so many times is when something like this happens, and you are stripped so far back, like, you know, all you actually have is your intuition with your kids. All I have been able to rely, like, there is no, I, there's no guidebooks on this stuff. Like how me as Lisa Cordaff navigates her three children with their unique personalities, our particular life circumstances through this step-by-step, step, here you go. You literally have nothing else but yourself and and I have to trust because otherwise I'd just be a total mess. I have to trust that, that, that this is the experience that we were all meant to have and that I'm enough in this moment for them. And that as long as, you know, I'm continuing to do work and take care of myself on the deepest level I've ever needed to, that I will be available to them in the way that they need for their particular life experience and evolution mm. that gives me peace like because I mean there's so many things that I you know I could go down that path I should be doing this I should be doing that I'm not blah, 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 but I'm just not going there yeah because I don't need to yeah and that doesn't serve my children for me right. to think that I'm a crap mum who doesn't know what to do right now we when we're stripped back all we have is like we just move forward based on who we are, yeah. not what we're thinking. Like the thinking yeah. disappeared <laughs> in that, <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> well, it, it was kind of, but, but I do remember, I remember the night um, Nick's brother came around to, to tell me um, that, that his mum had been 
called because he he died when he was in India and um and I can remember just that night just all night just thinking you know my poor children like what am I going to tell the children and I was just like I was just devastated for them and then something sort of switched that I was like I'm not going to have this be something that makes them sort of victims of a life Mm. circumstance that is not the energy that I'm going to bring to this Mm. they need lots of love and care and help and support to navigate this change but but they're going to be okay and I'm going to be okay and that's the energy that I took into it was not like after, you know, crying nonstop for a very long time. Okay. And you can take that. But do you know, like I just, I had that yeah. moment of like I'm, I'm almost talking this into existence. This, yes. And I don't want to do that for them. I don't yeah. want, I want to hold them in their highest vision, you know, and I knew that Nick would want me to do that too. Mm. And I, I, I'm so glad that you said that too, because so I have a next door neighbor and her, um, she's 77 years old. She's grown adult children. Um, she had three kids. One of her adult children had passed away, uh, 10 years ago. And, um, you know, she kind of gets a little bit mopey around the holidays. And I said, you know, recently I said, what's going on? She said, well, you know, it's the holidays. I'm like, they stressing you out? And she said, well, you know, so-and-so he's, he's not, he's not here with us. And I said, did he get upset around the holidays? And she said, no. And I said, and so you think that by torturing yourself and being sad that he's not here, do you think that's exactly what he would want you to be feeling right now? She says, no. I'm like, okay, well, can we celebrate him? And can we celebrate the space that you had with him and the memories that you had with him during the holidays? Because if he was like a happy guy during the holidays, maybe we should bring some of that spirit in and the times where she's like she had a locket that she had lost for weeks and weeks and weeks and she couldn't find it anywhere i'm like well did you ask him where it was and she said no i haven't she asked him she she was wearing it the next day she get out no she she actually um shortly after maybe like three years after he had passed she was in the garage and she saw him and he said call 911 in her mind she saw him and she called 911. They came and she was having a heart attack. He saved her life. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This, this is the thing. It's like, well, they were- I, I mean, it's just so fun because we can talk about this. We, I know. Really I know. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. But no, no, because, because I just can't stop. Um, but uh, there was a few, it was a few weeks ago. It was a really, really windy night and I was so tired. So I was really glad to just jump into bed and I literally could not fall to sleep. And I kept on, it, it just kept on being like, close the gate, close the gate, close the gate. And I, and I'd be like, Oh, enough. Like the gate was closed. And then, you know, would just roll over and I, and then I'd be sort of nodding off, close the gate, close. And I was like, F off. Like what is going on? My brains is running away with me. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, Oh, maybe I should go and check the gate. Went downstairs and the front gate was wide open. And so I closed the gate and and then I went back to bed, fell to sleep straight away. And yeah. And, um, but I said to him, I said, I was like, okay, I think that that was probably, you know, I think that that was Nick. And, um, and I just asked him, I just said, can you just watch over us tonight? 
because obviously there's something going on outside that you don't want to allow in or there's some reason why I needed to to go and do that. Mm-hmm. So can you just can and you just tells. watch over us? Mm-hmm. And I fully trusted that he would and everything was fine. Yeah. And I fell peacefully to sleep for the whole night. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so when you do start to, I don't know, be open to all of that, I just, mm. it's kind of like magic. It is. It is. It's completely magic. It really is. And it's available to us all. I'm not like, uh, there was no way. I mean, I am not a person who was uh, into this path yeah. at oh, all. I- I I wish I was. When I was younger, I was like, I want to be able to do that. That's crazy. Um, But I wasn't born seeing dead people. I wasn't born with this gift. I, when I first went to learning about energy, I thought I was making it up in my head until I had like a client who was like moving like, am I actually doing this? Um, So I was definitely a doubter for a very long time until things started to really change. And it, I mean, I was solidly doing energy work for like 10 years before I really started to feel comfortable even talking about it. And I didn't even really come out of my psychic woo-woo closet until like three years ago. So, I mean, do the math, 20 years doing this work. I've only come out three years ago. Yeah, that's a long time. And even like people in my closest circles didn't really know this is who I was. This is what I did. But the more I talk about it, the more I share, it actually gives people permission to be weird too and to kind of wave their little freak flags around too. Yeah, the freak flags. Oh, yeah. Waving it from Australia right over to you, Emily Ahrens. I'm so <laughs> grateful for this conversation. And uh, and I know that there's a lot of other people who will be too and we'll give them all the links so they can go and follow you and listen to everything that you say. And one day you'll be touring Australia and, you know, to packed out crowds and I'll be like, yeah, I know her. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be We, ha- we have a sole contract. Right. Obviously. <laughs> Well, we'll be together. <laughs> I will yeah. not be in your country and not see you. That is for sure. That is never happening. No. <laughs> you can come over here anytime. I would love that. Thank you, Emily, for sharing yourself with us and for taking this where it went. <laughs> way further. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we're going to have to do a part two sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions and that's okay. Um, thank you for holding the space for this conversation to go there. And for people who have been listening and uh, probably re-listening, I guess, um, thank you for holding the space as well and just opening up to see what's possible for you too. Because clearly if you're listening, there's a part of you that's like, I can do it too. So uh, yeah, you're my people. I'm great. I'm grateful for all you listeners. And thank you, Lisa, for inviting me. It's such a gift. And I love being able to hang out with you. I literally don't want this to end, but we have to go. So I love you. And thank you, Emily. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 